0: things you should know right off the bat i've had four cups of coffee i'm a little nervous did i mention my name's chotty yeah oh um this is a podcast for imperfect people and uh you should know that uh i cry in corners true story What's up, guys? Chottie here. We are in episode three of I Crying Corners. Uh, we're in season six. We're talking tough situations, tough circumstances, and we're building the foundation of learning how to thrive in difficult circumstances. I'm super stoked about today. Um, this season has been... Um, uh, Game-changing for me. I'm learning a lot as we navigate the book of Daniel. I hope that you are as well. If you are just tuning in, don't worry, I'm going to do a recap because I like recaps. I have my uh, nifty computer here uh, with me, and I wrote a couple things down just to make sure I didn't miss it. Okay, so week one, uh, I said if you want to thrive, you need to be determined. If we want to thrive, and no matter what kind of season, good season, bad season, tough season, we have to be determined. Um, I did a whole breakdown of what you need to be determined To do, know God, know yourself, and to stay healthy and things of that sort. So make sure you go back and you listen and watch and subscribes and shares and all that stuff. Um, But we learned that the foundational principle of thriving is being determined to truly know God and all of his awesomeness. And there's a lot of things that go into that. So uh, don't just quote me on that part. The second thing, week two, is uh, if we're going to thrive in a season, not only do we need to be determined, but we need to be faithful. Faithful looks like covenant. Covenant. Covenant, covenant, covenant. It's really, it's, yeah, that's it. Pretty much just we serve a covenantal God and we need to function as if uh, we serve a covenantal God. And I'm gonna break that down even more today in week three where I'm talking about uh, the next thing we need to thrive in a season that is tough, that is difficult, that feels like a wilderness. It is, it's a even if attitude, even if attitude, I know. You're gonna be like, what are you talking about, Johnny? I don't get it. You're gonna get it in a minute, cause I'm about to break it down. So uh, I guess I, if, when I think of being determined, when I talked about week one, I kind of think of it kind of as like I'm pouring um, concrete, right? Um, it's what I stand upon. I'm gonna I'm gonna be determined. It's 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 the position of my heart um, to thrive in uh, difficult seasons. And when I think of faithfulness, faithfulness, it's the position of my um, heart. My heart is going to be positioned towards God and to love Him and choose Him. And then um, this one's definitely like, even if it's like my spirit. It's like, this is how I position my spirit to hear from God. This is the attitude I want to have in difficult seasons. So if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you three things today that uh, an even if attitude looks like these three things. And so um, I wrote a couple things down. I want to read them first. Um, I said, uh, I wrote this down. I'm gonna jack it all up if I don't read it. It says, uh, thriving during difficult seasons has nothing to do with perspective. What? Oh, I totally jacked that up. Let's try this again. (laughs) Thriving during the season has everything to do with perspective and nothing to do with circumstances. Way to go, Chadi. Way to get that correct. It's true. It has nothing to do with... um, Circumstances. I think people want to know how to thrive, and then they think that their circumstance has to change in order for them to thrive. But really, it's an attitude. It's your, it's your perspective. It's how you see things. It's how you embrace things that helps you uh, be able to thrive. And so, those are kind of the things that we're going to talk about today. So, I'm going to pull my uh, trusty Bible out, and I'm going to read first. Can I give you the Temple version of what's going on in Daniel three? Daniel three is a chapter that we're in today, folks. And um, yeah. Okay, so we've been talking about Daniel, but in this story are his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay, as a kid growing up in church, they called him Abednego, but that's not even how you spell his name. So I'm just sad at all the times people told me that's how it's pronounced. Someone's going to text me and be like, that is how it's pronounced. I don't know. It says Abednego. That's how his name is pronounced. Anyways, so we're in um, chapter three of Daniel, and what has happened? Yo, my mic is really bothering me. You, you see my wire here? If you're listening the audio, I'm currently messing with my wire. Um, in the YouTube's, this is gonna drive me nuts. Please hold. While I adjust, this is awkward for you, like it's awkward for me. No, nobody. Ugh. I just Napoleon dynamited the microphone. Okay. Anyways, so we're talking about Daniel three. So we find Daniel three, Nebuchadnezzar. Love that guy. He's a weirdo. Don't really love him. He's got a lot of problems. Anyways, he is losing his mind. He wants everyone to worship him because he thinks he's a God. He's not. It's just kind of like, you know, they were kings. They thought they were gods. They're not. Anyways, homeboy in response decides he wants to make a big gigantic golden version of himself and have everybody serve like bow down and worship him. Well, um, uh, Daniel's homies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let's call him Abby for short, for funsies. Anyways, those three dudes were like, yeah, no, we're not doing that, but thanks. And so they go on to not bow. And it really, really bothers Nebuchadnezzar, like really, really bad. And so we're going to pick up in the story where he's just kind of found out that these three dudes who, mind you, are in his like posse of wise men dudes. And um, so he knows who they are. It's not like it's just like three randos. Like he knows who they are. They serve him in his court. And uh, they're like, nah, man, we're not going to do that. But thanks so much for asking. And he is super mad. So we're going to jump in in Daniel 3, 13, 13 to something. I don't know. I'll read 13 to 18. Okay, here we go. When Nebuchadnezzar heard this He heard that they weren't going to bow. He flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and uh, Abednego um, be brought forth in questioning. So his officials went out, found them, and brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar, is it reported to me that you guys, he doesn't say you guys, he says their names, but you know, I'm trying to be, whatever. Refuse to serve my gods and do not bow and worship the golden statue I had set up. Is that true? If you're ready to comply with my order and fall down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the horn flute lyre lute harp pipe and all the other musical instruments then things will go for you things will go well for you from here but if you refuse to worship you will be taken immediately and thrown into the furnace of blazing fire because you know that's a normal response anyways what god could possibly rescue you from my hands then okay <sighs> So I don't know if you've ever heard the story of David and Goliath, but Goliath kind of like picked a fight with God in the same manner that homie's doing right now. And I wonder, I just wonder, if those three Hebrew kids, Israelites, uh, know the story of David, were just like, "Mm, this is not going to turn out good for you, Nebuchadnezzar. I don't know if you've heard of that dude, Goliath. He kind of said the same thing. He was messing with our God. And they legitimately said, hey, um, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to defend our actions in this matter. We are ready for the test. If you throw us into the blazing fire, furnace, then the God we serve is able to rescue us from furnace of blazing fire and release us from the power. Uh, okay, my favorite part. But even if he does not, I'm going to let that one sit for a second. 18 but even if he does not O King you can be sure that he will that we will still not serve your gods and we will not worship your golden statue you erect you erected but even still, Dude, even still, that is so unbelievably gangster. Like, oh my God, I love stories like this in the Bible. Guys, if you want to thrive in in exile seasons, you have to have an even if attitude. Okay, I'm going to break this down. Uh, Even if attitude literally has four breakdowns. Here we go. Even if attitude. This one's good. It doesn't bow to any other God. Crickets, crickets, crickets. An even-if attitude does not bow to any other gods. Uh, Chadi, how do I know if I have an even-if attitude? What, other, what are you worshiping? What does your life look like? Okay, let's just think of these three dudes, these kids, these Israelites, okay? They know they're in a situation living in, ex- in exile because their, their ancestors and the people that have gone before them literally broke a covenant with the God that told them, do not serve any other gods, They know they're in the situation that they're in because their people would serve other gods. The prophets would tell them, bro, stop serving other gods. And they kept doing it. And he says, you keep doing it, I'm going to put you in exile. Guess what? They're in exile. We find them in this story, in exile. So you know what they're not going to do? They're not going to bow to another gold statue and find themselves in another situation where God then has to put them in another situation. I don't know if that made sense. It made sense in my head. Some of us look at golden statues in our life and we bow to them because it's easy. We bow to them because everybody else is doing it because it's culturally acceptable. But the truth is our God, the God Yahweh, Jesus, God, all of God, okay? The God we serve, the most high God, the God, I say this all the time because it's so gangster and it's the God we serve. He spit light into place and light has not stopped. Like, that's how awesome our God is. And all he has said is, do not serve any other gods. Do not put any other gods before me. And these dudes said, no, we're not going to do that. Blink, blink. What in your life do you allow? Like, do you bow down to? Like, for me, for me in my life, in my youth, Dude, it was um, a pride. It was talent. It was success. It was love. It was all the things that this culture will, that would say, hey, these are the most important things that you should maybe chase in your life instead of chasing the most high God, instead of chasing God. But these guys were not going to bow to anyone. And even if attitude does not bow to anything but their creator. No matter how uncomfortable it is, no matter what they're threatened with, no matter how people look, and I this is someone's gonna be watching this and going, yeah, I know that's why I'm just like politically, I just really gotta speak my mind. No, no. Mm-mm. Jesus does not have a political party. Jesus has a kingdom party. His party is kingdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a behind the scenes or something I need to do to explain that one. Um yeah, that doesn't mean that now you can go buck wild on your Instagrams. That's not what that means. An even-if attitude doesn't bow to anyone but God. It doesn't have any gods before them. They literally only worship God. Got it? Cool. Another thing is an even-if attitude isn't moved by emotions. I have done an entire season of a podcast uh, of things that are not a thing. So if you want to know what this looks like, go back. Listen to season two everyone and their mother is led by their emotions. Emotions are not bad. They're just not God. They're indicator lights. They're meant to show us things. Um, But in this situation, uh, Nebuchadnezzar was enraged. He was so upset. And instead of them being like, ooh, this dude's really upset. Maybe we should actually bow. They were not moved by Nebuchadnezzar's crazy emotions. Um, And even if attitude is not moved by other people's emotions, they're not. They love them because that's their filter. And they know that people are imperfect and not everyone's gonna believe the same thing, speak the same thing, do the same thing, and it's okay. They're not gonna be moved by people's emotions. Yeah, I don't know how to explain that much more. I feel like that's pretty set in stone. Guys, and even if attitude is not emotional, nor does it move by other people's emotions. I mean, I've never in this story that I just read, are they like, please, Nebuchadnezzar, oh God, uh, please don't put us in the fire. No, they don't do that. They're just like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. Blink, blink. Like, how many things in your life are you moved by other people's emotions? And You're like, oh, so-and-so called me or, oh, they unfollowed me on Instagram. Oh. Like, I can't tell you how many times People will be super emotional with me, and I just kind of want to pat them and walk away. Like <sighs> Jesus was not moved by people's emotions; he was moved by compassion. Jesus was moved by compassion. He wasn't moved by people's emotions. Like you've got to be so determined, so faithful, so in covenant, so led of the Holy Spirit that when things go wrong in tough circumstances and tough situations, what moves you is um uh oh man, how do I say this in a nice way? It's so much easier when I'm just talking into a microphone and not looking at a camera. There's a lot of emotions out there, guys. Chadi, why are you so intense though? Because I just feel like people are dying going to hell and embracing cultural norms, and but they're supposed to be living for Jesus and they don't act like it. And this is a big one. I feel like we're in the toughest situation, or such a tough situation in my lifetime. This corona, this, all the stuff that's going on. And all we care about is our emotions. How does it make me feel instead of what does God say? And it hurts my heart in a really deep way. And so if I can just, if I could just, holds you by the shoulders and shake you and say, don't be moved by your emotions. Be led of the Holy Spirit. Don't have an even-if attitude. Like, even if everybody else says it's stupid or wrong or not culturally this or you're not. Like, don't be moved by people's golden calves. Don't be moved by people's golden statues. Be moved by what God is saying. And what God is saying here is to be steadfast. The other thing is, is, is in, even if attitude um, is always ready. I love that they were like, we're ready to be tested. Are you ready in season and out of season that no matter what comes your way, your response is always the same? Mine is not. Mine is not. I don't know if you've seen me in the last three episodes. I'm an emotional person. Um, I will say that um, sometimes it takes me a little longer to get myself together when I'm in hard situations. But I'll tell you that once I get there, I don't go back. So it's okay if you mess up, it's okay if you're not always ready. Someone once told me that the ready position in the kingdom, they gave me that, they said, you know, the ready position in the kingdom doesn't mean just like you're sitting around and you're you're just ready and you're just like, you know, hanging out. A ready position is like kind of like a runner, like you're always ready, you're always in position no matter what, you're ready for that gun or whatever to go off. And when I see this, when I see them go, you know, go ahead and test us. We're ready. It's like, it's because they've always been ready. It's because they were always ready for God to use them. They were always in a place of peace where God could use them. And I want to be like that. I want you to be like that. I want us to be like that as a family, as a family of believers, as the bride of Christ, that no matter what comes our way, what comes out of our mouth is we love God and we're gonna stand for him. We're gonna have peace no matter what and we're not gonna be moved by your emotions. And whatever test comes our way, we're gonna pass it. Because we have an even if. Even if it doesn't turn out the way that I think it's gonna turn out. Even if it doesn't turn out the way that I hope. Even if God is still God and he's bigger than all of it. And then the story goes on and Nebuchadnezzar is sitting around and he ties them up and he throws them into the fire and we find verse 25 he says why do i see four men completely unbound walking around in the middle of the fire guys there was he only threw 3 of them in there he says but i see four they don't appear to be hurt at all and the fourth he appears to be like the son of gods the nebuchadnezzar moved as close to the door of the furnace as he dared without being scorched and he shouted over the roar of the blazing Fire Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. Come out right now. Come here. Guys, and even if attitude will make the enemy have to call God the Most High God. Like, are you living your life in such a way that the people that, or the things that you come against, the circumstances you come against, have to bow to the Most High God? Because that's what an even-if attitude does. It bows to the Most High God in such a way. Remember I said this in season, I said this in the beginning of the season, I said this in episode one, that Daniel's life, the whole book, I like it because it reminds me of the burning bush. The burning bush was so encompassed and so overwhelmed with the presence of God, it caused Moses to bow. And so I want my life to be so full with the presence of God that what I come up against, what adversaries I come up against, what circumstances, what wildernesses, what exiles, they have to bow to the Most High God. And here we find, just like Goliath in the story I mentioned earlier, this dude literally says, servant of the Most High God. He goes on to in 28, says, praise is certainly due to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm sorry. We started this whole fight because these dudes wouldn't praise your God. And now you're praising theirs. And even if and even if attitude will literally turn everything around, it'll turn everything around. I love this. It goes on to say, no God I have ever heard of is able to rescue as this God has rescued his servants today. Remember when I said, or I jacked up in the beginning of this, where I said that, um, I'm going to read it because I'm going to jack it up again, um, Every uh, how thriving in this season has everything to do with perspective. Homeboy has some perspective. He said, no God I've ever heard of is able to rescue as this God has rescued. And even if attitude, guys, it brings perspective. That's not a part of my notes, but I just thought you might want to know. And then in 30, it says, afterward, the king promoted these dudes to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. Oh 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 promoted. And even if attitude gets promoted, there's provision and promotion to those who have even if attitudes. I was reading in Joel. I'm studying the prophets like by myself. Like that's kind of like I'm studying Daniel for the podcast and stuff, but um when sometimes I'll like I'll just have like a certain Bible Books that I just like to to study for myself, and I'll get like a little notebook, and I'll just be like, "This is all of Joel or Amos or whatever." So right now I'm study. I just studied Hosea, and now I'm in Joel, and in Joel three, he's pretty much going, "Dude, everything's falling apart. You guys are about to go into exile," which we're reading about in Daniel. They're already there. Thanks, Joel. Anyways. um, He's like, dude, things are bad, but then at one point he's like, but God really wants to save you and give you provision, and he does. He says in Joel 3, three, what am I, 317, he says, then, then you will know that I am the eternal, your God, and I will live in Zion, my sacred mountain. Jerusalem will be my holy city. So he's saying, hey, all these things are coming back. Chaddy why are you reading Joel? I thought we were in Daniel. Hold on. Anyways, in Joel 318, he says, on that great day, the eternal will provide – Sweet wine that will drip from mountains, fresh milk that will pour down from the hills, and clear water will run through Judah's ravines. Now, what the heck does it have to do with an even-if attitude and an even-if attitude being promoted? Guys, success in the kingdom, it doesn't look like success in the world. Success in the world looks like mountaintops. And then you got to, you know, come back down or another mountaintop. Then you come back down and then another mountaintop. And it's like people live from mountaintop to mountaintop to mountaintop. But in the kingdom, it's not like that. See, fruit grows in the valley. So people are in the valley. And God gives you mountaintop success moments for perspective to see where the people are. But you're meant to be with the people. And then you'll come back up to another perspective, another moment. But you're meant to go back down with the people. And there's these trenches and brokenness and issues. and uh, That really what happens is we're meant to be going down and bringing people up. Going down and bringing people up. The world tells you just stay up. But God says it's going to ebb and flow. And so as I was reading Joel the other day, I thought about this. Listen to this. Sweet wine is on the mountain. Fresh milk is on the hill. And then clear water is in the ravine. So God, you're telling me celebrations will be up here. Generational wealth and legacy will be about here. And that everyday sustenance is about here. It's an ebb. And flow, ebb and flow. Guys, we're in a season where success is going to look like a mountaintop in one minute, a hill the next minute, a ravine the next. It's an ebb and flow. And an even-if attitude understands the ebb and flow. It understands that I'm not just meant to be up here in the, in the mountaintops of success, but I'm meant to move and shake with whatever God is throwing my way because I'm ready because i have an even if attitude that's my hope for you today my hope for you today is understand that provision in the kingdom looks different what god is doing right now it's going to feel different it's going to be different it's never going to be the same we're never things are never going to be the same like in 20 years We'll all be looking at each other and go, you remember 2020? Dude, that changed everything. But what didn't change was our attitude. What didn't change was our determination. What didn't change was our faithfulness. What didn't change is the desire to say, God, even if it doesn't look like how I think it needs to look, God, I'm going to serve you. Even if, God, even if, even if it doesn't look and feel and move and shake. God, even if I have to face a furnace. Even if I have to face people that don't believe in you. Even if, God, I am going to serve you. I'm not going to bow because I live in covenant with you, God. So that's my charge for you. Are you living with an even if attitude and if not... Do it today. Change the way you're acting. Change what you're saying. Change what you're doing. Johnny, what are those things? Go back and listen to episodes one and two. Because I only have about a minute and a half left. And I can't explain it to you again. They said, even if. And guys, there will be moments where he doesn't. And that's okay. Because just because you don't see it on this side of heaven doesn't mean you won't see it on the other side of heaven. God is still God. He's still holy. He still loves you. He is still for you. No matter what this season has coming our way, God is still God. And He's still working on our behalf. So that's really all I have today. I hope this encouraged you. I'm sorry I yelled at you for a good seven to nine minutes. Um, but yeah, even if, guys. I love you, weirdos.